everybody. Welcome to Recreated Podcast. Um, today is a unique episode because, <laughs> well, like past seasons, we have... Oh, I'm really, really loud. I'm getting <laughs> hand signals. Yeah. I'm peeking. Yeah. You're peeking. I'm basically eating the mic. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like I was saying, today was... Today is... One of the uh, Just Us Hosts episodes. Um, well, we take one or two per season just to hang out and just kind of ad lib and ad hoc a whole episode. So, I mean, we do have an idea what we're going to talk about. We do. And we will intro that in a minute. But my name is Jamie and we got Melissa. And we Keith, got Keith. Uh, Keith. Keith. Yeah, he's getting there. He's, <laughs> he's aging quickly. I'm, I'm not as dumb as I think I am. <laughs> He's just dumbing himself down because he's about to like throw some like theological knowledge no, at us. No, yeah, he's yeah, trying yeah. to be all humble. No. Yeah, he tries to bring himself down. My to friends our level. wouldn't even pray for me. That's how <laughs> bad it is over here. It's true, you guys. They were I praying wouldn't. for themselves to be smart. <laughs> Good guys, point. I've already given you that gift. We have other gifts. <laughs> yeah, we're really yeah. funny. What else? <laughs> We're, fat, we're really good looking. Like, <laughs> so we're like, Lord, make us smart. Lord, we have good hair, Lord. right? Yes, we have fantastic hair. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Cool. All right. Well, we'll be right back with... <laughs> w- actually, we're not going to do a topic. We're just going to jump right into the whole I think I'm episode. done for the night. That was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Me. Okay. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> okay. Lesson number one, overcome every fear of regret and confusion. It's all an illusion, delusion, sent to disconnect the holy fusion of the spirit and the flesh. Every mortal breath's meant to bring forth fire, but only when the fear of death gets consumed on the funeral pyre. So let the flames rise higher, and let every man be considered a liar. If he doubts the goodness and faithfulness of God, it's in ears were compulsively nod in approval. When unbelief is taught in all our temples and schools, but God can be Anyway, this is a little context of why we're doing what we're doing today um so we believe here that everybody has a story and we've proven it so far Um, so far and everybody's story is unique and wonderful and hard and incredible and um we believe that goes all the way back into scripture so every character in the bible had a story um and I want to give credit to the guys who gave us this idea (laughs) Jamie Cotting and Brian Hogan said hey you guys should tell a story of a character in the Bible. <gasps> thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great idea. We'll probably do this more because there's plenty to choose from. Um, yes. Yeah. So plenty I threw of, that out. Plenty of disasters in yeah, the Bible. <laughs> that's true. We're in good company, guys. Yes. <laughs> well said, Marissa. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I threw it out to the to the group. And then uh, Keith took it and ran with it. Immediately. He immediately. Knew. He's like was chomping at the bit to do this book that... Maybe many people haven't even read. I don't know. Or they think um, they know, or they've watched the Veggie Tales and they think that that's good enough. <laughs> or Night with a King. Yes. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. some of them are getting the clues, but I'll yeah. let you take it from here, Keith. Yeah. So we, um, because a few weeks before uh, there was this particular festival that takes place every year for uh, the for the Jewish people. I don't know why the Christians don't celebrate it, but. The Jewish people celebrate a festival called Purim. I know what it means, and I know why they celebrate it. I just well, then tell record. us, tell us. Because well, does that give anything away? Not really, because people no. probably know. What does Purim mean? So comes from the word pur, pur which means to cast lots, mm. yeah. which was a way that they 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 got divine. What's the, like that's the way they figured out 
how to do things. Yeah, by chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the they thing. would basically cast dice. Yeah. And whatever it came out as. I'm picturing guys and dolls, very guys and dolls kind of vibe. Frank Sinatra throwing the dice, Lady Luck. Who yeah. Did, who did this though? Which people? Uh, a lot of cultures yeah. have it in some way. Mm. In this particular story, it's the Persians. Mm. Okay. Wait, what book are we doing? <laughs> you didn't just ask me that. Did we you? say it already? No, we no, didn't. We didn't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were legitimately asking no, me. No. <laughs> no, I figured they, it'd be nice for them to know. Well, I yeah, suppose. I haven't said. Okay. So Purim, obviously, well, not obviously, because not everybody knows the the festival of Purim, uh, but it is the story of Esther. And two weeks, three weeks ago, something like that is when the the Jewish people celebrated it. And they oh. celebrated every year. And the main reason, as you will see through the course of the story, is to be reminded of the way the Gentile world has a tendency to uh, desire to kill Jews hmm. and uh, be f- be thoughtful that they are in, th- in a world that hates them. And that God, in his wisdom and care, creates a scenario like what we'll read, what we'll talk about tonight, to undo that Gentile propensity to destroy Jews. Hmm. Well said. Yeah, I was going to say exactly what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so so I th- in the book of Esther, it said the 12th or the 13th and 14th day of the 12th month, right? Yes. So... March is the 12th month of that calendar? Yes, this is something that the Torah, you have to understand about the Torah. Um, the first, do you know when the first month of the year is in the Torah? And that's the five books of Moses. I don't, but I'm going to assume it's March. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? No, but the kids at home probably don't either. So Wait, let's back up. <laughs> no, I don't, Keith. Okay, <laughs> you have to read you have to read Exodus. Oh. When God is leading the people of Israel out of Egypt, he tells them on the night that they're going to leave, create, you know, sacrifice a lamb and do unleavened bread and, you know, hitch up your shorts and get ready to travel because <laughs> you're not going to and you're going to eat the meal that you're going to eat in haste because you're leaving. And then after they get out, God says to Moses, from now on, you're going to celebrate this night, and it's going to be the first month of every year from now on throughout the generations of Israel. So that took place in the spring, and that moment is called Passover. Huh. And Passover, for a Christian point of view, is called Easter. So the spring time is when Easter, and, or mm-hmm. better said, Passover takes place. What people don't know is that Easter is really kind of a Greek Aramaic derivative of the Hebrew word Passover. So mm. we're really celebrating the same festival, mm-hmm. but because of history with church and Jewish nation in the first 300 years of, you know, AD, they became separated. And now we have our own thing and they have their own thing and that we don't mix them together. But technically speaking, they were always one Hmm. Passover Easter. Jesus is the Passover lamb. We're celebrating Passover technically Mm -hmm. during Easter. Hmm. 
So at first of the year, if you look at back to our story of Esther, the reason it takes place is it's like the 11th month. And that's usually when that happens is February-ish, March. And it fluctuates. That's why I hesitate to give it a date because it's not like the English calendar. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's a lunar calendar, so it's based on the moon. I like that. that. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. Moon is more consistent. More consistent. I've had some babies on full moons, so (laughs) I think it's a whole thing with that moon. (laughs) Just saying. With that moon. Yeah. (laughs) The Book of Esther, do you know when it takes place? You mean like what month? Right. No. We just talked about just that. In, in the history of Israel, do you know when it takes place? Like when the Persians are around. <laughs> okay, so Esther is <laughs> Esther is before Job, but that doesn't mean chronologically that's correct. I'm just talking about where it's at in the Bible because when I was looking for it, I was like, I was having a hard time finding it. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> well, it's, it's easy here. You just hit right. You just get on your phone and look. And. and in chronological, it's collected next to uh, Ezra and Nehemiah for a reason, because both the, all three books take place after Israel has been taken captive. Ezra is within the time of, well, Ezra and Nehemiah both um, are after Israel has um I got to say that correctly. It's not Israel after Babylon has been taken by the Persians. Ezra and Nehemiah are wrestling with getting back to the land. And the king that they're dealing with in Persia is considered to be the same king that Ezra, uh, not Ezra, that Esther is having a relationship with in her story. Okay. That's why those three books are put together in the Bible. Hmm. So it's Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs. And so it's post-Babylon, pre-return to Israel. And Esther, some people say there's there's some interesting verses in, in Ezra and Nehemiah that mention a queen on the throne of Babylon, don't say her. Don't say who the woman is, but mm-hmm. there's conjecture that that's Esther. And the reason this king has mercy on Israel is because Esther is sitting next to him. Oh, that had so much context. Yeah, that's all happening at the same time. Yeah. So the story of Esther happens to set up the time of Ezra and Nehemiah so that the king is ready to have mercy and help them help fund mm. mm-hmm. this whole trip to go and re- reestablish the temple. Ah. And so then you kind of understand, because there's a lot of people that look at Esther, there's never a mention of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In yeah, the book. It's more just a story. It's a story. Yeah. yeah. And you have a Jewish man named Mordecai, mm-hmm. who's the uncle or actually the cousin of mm-hmm. Esther, mm-hmm. who happens to be beautiful mm-hmm. in all the land. And he obviously is a man of God, mm-hmm. but you don't really see him pray specifically <laughs> any prayers. Right. Mm-hmm. He's just a righteous man. Mm-hmm. And you only hear Esther mention one time, well, I'm going to go pray 
But as far as God deliver us, you know, extolling God. Right. Talk about fasting. But other than that, they don't bring up. Other than that, it's just this crazy story in the middle of the Bible Mm -hmm. that's so unusual for the narrative of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I thought the exact same thing when I was reading it. I'm like, well, what is the what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. I read a couple little summaries and they give a little bit more context about it. But probably have to read the other books to get that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I love this story. Um, that's why I picked it. I've done a number of plays, written scripts really? for it, wow. puppet shows. Uh, it has so much, so much uh, drama. I like in it. it. It's like it's it really an amazing story. The intrigue that's going on in this story just fascinates me for the Bible. Mm-hmm. You don't often see that kind of uh, just dramatic. I'm gonna kill everybody in mm-hmm. your in your family line. Yeah, that Hammond. He was a bit a, over the top. Yeah, he was. He was the drama queen, oddly <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the uh, probably another thing to just give foundation for Esther's life is um, her parents are dead. Mm-hmm which I don't know what that's like. Uh, There's kind of some presumptions that we have to make about that. Um, There's some thinking that they might have been alive in Jerusalem and died in the travels. I'm not an expert on the timeline there to know whether they survived that or they survived the transition. They didn't survive the transition from Babylon to Persia I'm not really sure all we know is that they aren't alive and now Esther's uncle or cousin Mm -hmm. who must be older than her by significant amount of time has now become her adopted father Mm -hmm. and so they live in Persia and that's Iran today Mm -hmm. and they live in a city that is beyond imagination the, the Persian capital of Shushan, which is in this first couple of verses. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to this. Verse 1, now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus. Yeah, go ahead and flex well on said. knowing how to say well it. Said. Go ahead. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't even think I'm saying it right because there's no E Sounds at the good. end. Ahasuerus, maybe. Anyway, uh, he reigned in Persia from India to Ethiopia. That's a lot of land. That is a lot of land. That's the far east coast of Asia where the like drifts off into the Philippines Mm -hmm. all the way down to the top of Africa. Oh, that is a lot. (laughs) So that's that's modern day Yemen, all the Persian Gulf states, Mm -hmm. Iraq, Iran, Turkey, Syria, uh, probably up into Greece, across the Black Sea, maybe up into Russia. Wow. Pakistan. Yeah. Jamie's not because he knew that. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a we don't have a ruling we don't have a country like that today. No. Maybe you could say the British, but they were more of an empire and they lorded over mm. other countries. Mm-hmm. This guy he was the Ruled. legit ruler of mm-hmm. all those countries. So this is a pr- man of incredible power uh 
what is stunning to me about this man, and this is just a little bit of context that always really stood out to me, is this man didn't do anything without other people telling him what to do. That's what I was going to say. He didn't seem like he had a backbone to me. I mean, do you notice how Very easily swayed. Every single decision he makes in this entire story Mm -hmm. is... Somebody else. Somebody else telling him what to do. Mm -hmm. And he just, oh, okay, that sounds good to me. Let's (laughs) do that. And then they tell him this thing. Oh, ah, that sounds good to me. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. So the story starts... And he's having this giant celebration for 180 all of, days to be exact. Can you imagine that? And then the back end, the whole seven days for everybody to get There's it a on. lot of lengths of time I was shocked by in yeah. the stories. Yeah. 180 days is six months. Yeah. Of just celebration. Of celebration. Just festivals. Can you imagine if our country did that? I know. Six, six months is party. And they probably just. Well, like the king, what's why not, right? He's yeah. got everything he wants, yeah. so let's just have fun doing it. Yeah, or having it. Yeah, they got all the money in the world. There's yeah. no, there's no cost that yeah. is even an issue because right. they take like the every description of the. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like unbelievable. Wait, what does this say? This is. I'll just read this because it's fun. And when these days were expired, the the king made a feast unto the people that were present in Shushan, the palace, both under great and small, seven days in the court. This is just the seven-day celebration. Right, this is just the... Not the 30 the and 180-day. The, yeah, finale. There yeah, were white and green blue hangings, fastened with cords of fine linen and purple to silver rings and pillars of marble. The beds were of gold and silver. Beds. The beds. The now, beds. why does a king have beds? Why is that in the story? Right. It's explaining what it's, kind it's of party it is. telling you something without yeah. telling you something. Right. Ah, subtlety. Yeah. Upon a pavement of red and blue and white and black and marble. Red and blue and white and black and marble. Mm. And they, were, they gave them drink in vessels of gold. And the vessels being diverse, one from another. So every golden cup was completely different than the mm-hmm. next one. And they have how many guests? Hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> the royal wine in abundance according to the state of the king and the drinking was according to law. None did compel for so the king had appointed to all the officers of his house that they should do according to every man's pleasure. So drink as much as you want. <laughs> and use the beds as much as you want. Yes. Now, this this is great context because then we get to this next verse, which sets up the whole story. Mm-hmm. Vashti is the queen. She made a feast for all the women in the royal house, which belonged to the king. So the king has a harem. Mm-hmm. She puts together her own party mm-hmm. while the king is doing his thing. So on the seventh day, when the heart of the king was, he was just gone drunk Mm -hmm. and he had all these people around him called chamberlains and they served him so he told these people to bring the queen before the king with the royal crown to show the people and the princes her beauty for she was fair to look on Mm -hmm. there is some conjecture about this moment Mm. 
Do you know what I'm going to say? I don't know what you're going to say. I just know that it, it makes me feel some kind of way when I hear about this. But go ahead. What does it make you feel? Well, I'm, if I look, if I put myself in Vashti's shoes, I'm guessing because whenever I've heard the story before, it's kind of like she's the bad guy almost. But I'm guessing she's had 180 days plus seven of her drunk husband and his drunk friends, and she's done. And she's like, I don't want to parade around for them. I've had it. And she just doesn't. And then she's kicked out. Mm. What if you could, and this is conjecture, so please put it in quotes, okay? This is just mm -hmm. me throwing something out that I've heard in different circles of writers, that this was actually a request by the king to come and basically be naked. Mm. I could see that. Why not? I mean, it goes I mean, with all, all the, the beds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're having an, basically an orgy right. for six months, right. then why is that weird? Nothing right. nothing yeah. was Nothing's withheld weird. them. If it yeah. was pleasing to them, that's mm -hmm. what they did. And right. now he's asking her to come in and put on her royal crown. Right. No robes are mentioned. Right. No nothing. So I think that these writers that I have read are mm -hmm. correct, that he was asking her to come in and expose herself. Right. Mm -hmm to all these and she said absolutely not mm -hmm. right i'm not doing that mm -hmm. and then you look at the con the way this story unfolds the men that are his chamberlains mm -hmm. they make it they turn it mm -hmm. and they say well, she's rebelling against you and you need to send a signal to, to all, all the, the women, women. Lest they get minds of their own and think yeah. they should have to respect their husbands or their husbands should have to earn <laughs> respect. That's chaos. Or that, that they're happens. just, they they're, they're can't be anything more than just objects. Yeah. Because that's all you're really here for is to please us. Right. And you're here for us to look at something beautiful and that's why you're on the on the planet. She, she was standing up for something pretty mm. dramatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Knowing the cost probably. Yeah. This is a pretty appropriate book for Women's Month, huh? <laughs> right. Oh, that's Month? right. Yeah. yeah, Keith knew that he was just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay attention to that stuff. You know? uh, what holiday? I don't know. I know. Yeah. There's always something to celebrate. For all of the, those of you who are offended that I don't know that, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't you, so. know. And I'm a woman. It's fine. Okay, good. So, I'm yeah. in good company. Yeah. Exactly. I'm legitimate in legitimate company. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh, yeah. so what happens next they kick Vashti out mm -hmm. surprised they don't just kill her maybe they did I don't know they didn't mm. they just basically he divorces her which is funny like what's the point I guess you have right. to have a queen right there has to be a figurehead which is probably the only reason why yeah. right which and that's and that's from their point of view that's that's truth from God's point of view, what you just said is so primary. He's getting to un he's getting ready to do to Persia something in my estimation that is on the same level as what he did to Egypt. He's gonna undo their culture mm -hmm. with somebody from his culture. Mm -hmm. And that's what Esther represents is a representative of heaven mm -hmm. who doesn't really want it initially and kind of goes unwillingly in a sense. But once she steps in, 
she unlocks the door for I feel you Esther <laughs> she does she's an amazing woman yeah she really is mm-hmm. so what happens in the chapter two then what do they do people get really excited about the beauty end of it like what isn't it like a year of like yeah of this is where i wanted to ask yeah that's what i was i wanted to ask you're perfect for this a year of prepping yes because there's like six months of just like with with the bathe them in oils and and then the next six months is like herbs and um and like, uh, what's the word? It was herbs and ointments. Let's, let me read it. It's chapter 2, verse 12. Now, when every maid's turn was come to go into the king, after that she had been 12 months, according to the manner of women, mm-hmm. for so were the days of their purification accomplished, to wit, some King James thing there, six months with oil of myrrh. Mm-hmm. What do you know about that being the in the beauty business. I mean, I don't know enough about essential oils like all my friends do to know. Now, what is, when, when they say that, what does that mean? That you're taking a bath in that oil? That's what every I day? would guess. Probably treating and softening your skin, right? Perfecting it. <laughs> right. Well, you're getting a massage every day with those oils. Like, they're, yeah, they're using those oils every day. So I don't think... so. This is happening because the king is finding his next queen, right? Yes. So these are women that are going to be... Yes proposed to him yes well if it's a harem too it's not just who's the queen it's also any of these women could be Mm -hmm. his consort for the night Mm -hmm. to produce another son Mm -hmm. because that's the whole game gotcha is the one that's going to follow him gotcha can i say just another thing because sometimes people think that because that was the culture like people get confused that like concubines and whatnot in the bible multiple wives that that God somehow thought that was okay. All that's telling us is that was the culture. That's not saying that God said it was okay. True. And people get confused. So Absolutely. I just want to make that's sure good. that people... I like that. For the kids at home that don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of beauty. A lot of... I mean... <sighs> yeah, what was the next one? It was six months with oil of myrrh and then six months with sweet odors and with other things for the purifying of women. So yeah, they must have had all kinds of beauty products that you were you spent a whole year and your whole lifestyle is just to undergo that process of having every ounce of your skin purified and smelling right and i mean that's just a lot i don't know i mean i feel like you can overdo it like (laughs) i would say that's overdue i'm sure they overdid it (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that was one of the things in the film Night with the King that I thought they did a halfway decent job with was showing that process and then showing the other women. Uh, and, you know, especially as they each woman had to go before the king and what they took and how they, uh, you know, uh, put themselves together for that that presentation with the king. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably not just that. It was probably learning, like, how to... Carry yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Specific manners, the right way to speak. Yeah. Right. Talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. How to sit, how to stand. Yeah, what do they what call they? that? Finishing school. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 Yes, those, yes. those schools. Yeah. yeah. Something like that is my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know what that, you know, I'm a man. I don't have any idea what that would be like. <sighs> Wonder if the king was super, super clean or if he was just like, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Slob from yeah. the, sitting in front of the TV. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what he looked like <laughs> eating TV dinners. I had to have been born into the well into the throne. Well, I think one of the things you got to keep in mind is the thrones in those countries back then. They were they were deity. So so the peop- people themselves that sat on those they had power and they had attitudes, but a didn't lot mean of that they were attractive or any of that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of their sense of life was based on a nation that gave them that title and said this is what you are oh yeah they've been chosen as a yeah you don't get a choice it's like the royal family in britain and Mm -hmm. you see you see and what's his name the one that left the throne recently Mm -hmm. yeah it's a torture yeah because they don't get a choice Mm -hmm. yeah they don't get to live a normal life they don't know any other life yeah so if you learn the system then you're just operating in the system i have to believe this king was the same way yeah he'd grown up people telling him what to do. Yeah. And this is, and he probably was told you listen to the people that are around you and they tell you what to do. And that's what you do. That's what he did. Hmm. Can we talk about, uh, the, the Enochs for a moment? <laughs> Unix, Unix, whatever. Enox, <laughs> Unix. I don't know why I called him. I knew that they were Unix. I think why did Enoch I say is Enoch? A, is a that's a person, right? That's, that's a, person. a person. That's an actual person. <laughs> maybe, we'll maybe, maybe we'll talk you about guys, Enoch. It's been next. a long day, but anyway, <clears throat> um, for funsies, because the word castration. So, um, context. All I know is well. When back my, up a second. What? Let's let's define. You just put two words out there. What is a eunuch? A man that's been castrated. Okay, thank you. Um. So my oh, only uh, limited experience, I guess not experience. I shouldn't even say that word. But so my husband, you know, growing up on a farm and having cattle, and sometimes that's what they do. They castrate the bulls, but. It sounds because I, I looked up, like I googled, uh, the word, and they said that quite often. Now I don't know, but quite often they took off the whole unit. No. That that happened. No. Why would you do that? I don't know, but that they said that in certain cultures they would. No, it just had to do with the the hormones. You, so they would just remove the testicles. If I can speak honestly, they yes. just testicles because the hormones are the things that drive the right. man to seek the woman. Right. In this particular case, you can't have men protecting women because the men are going to be drawn to the women. Right. So that's why they used eunuchs in the harems. Right. Just so that they wouldn't have any of those problems. I don't know why it makes me feel better that they just lost their balls and not the whole thing, but because when I read that, can I be honest? I mean, I mean that could you imagine? I'm sure awful. these people didn't choose that role. No, no. I, yeah, I, I and how did they decide? No, that it wasn't a decision. I guarantee oh, it was done to slavery, them. Slavery, basically. It was slavery, and okay. it was done to them when they were young. They were they were born into it too. Okay. Hmm. Wow, what a horrible life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, because it so, I mean, yeah. it robs you. It robs a man of his manhood. His manhood. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, but motivation. Yeah. Any capacity to, you know, that's what drives. Right. The man. That's true. It's not just losing a physical part. Right. It's really it's the the drive inside of the man. Now he's just kind of become a mindless robot, doing what he's told. Wow. That's awful. That's crazy. And that's another one that they showed in that film very well 
is one of the the man who was the eunuch in that film who be kind of is the friend of Esther. Mm-hmm. I think in the in wait, this what film is? I've never seen it. Night with the King. Cool. Yeah, you should see it. It's, All right. I would recommend it. I will it's, now. It's pretty good. I think the the eunuch's name is uh, Hatak in the story. It's I not can't, Enoch. I can't. No, <laughs> it's the eunuch Enoch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the eunuch Hatak. <laughs> oh, shoot. I, I can't see it right off the top of my head here. But yeah, they're like buds. <laughs> yeah. Or Haggai. Like, he needs somebody to yeah. be his friend. Yeah, so... So she gets all beautified, then they go parading and then in it's front time of the to, king. To go to the king. Which yeah. here's another thought I had. I think it's proof that God doesn't blush. Because blush to me means overwhelm. And the fact that God was like, All right, I'm going to literally use I mean, because she had to audition with the king if we're being honest, mm-hmm. right? And so because of that audition, that basically saved the Jewish people. Right. So yeah, well, there yeah. Were... Let me back up just a tad bit because what makes Esther able to be chosen, what puts her in the position there, is because Mordecai, her father, cousin, mm-hmm. cousin, father, whatever. Yeah, he actually is an official in the king's court. Mm-hmm. Do they know he's a Jew at the time? No, Mm-mm. right. He's kept that right. under wraps mm-hmm. and. Esther has also been asked to keep right. that under wraps. So right. no one knows the Jewish heritage. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure uh, if Mordecai is totally hidden in his Jewishness. I think he they may know he is because mm. um, Haman recognized that he was Jewish and that's what, you know, Started set him off. off. Yeah. Um, but definitely Esther is asked to cover that up. Mm-hmm. And that becomes integral to the whole story. Yeah. Because it doesn't come out until the end. And then right, when it's, it's like, really needed. Yeah. 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 Which, which and then you just look at it and you say the, 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 the wisdom of God mm-hmm. to establish all these apparent little things. Like who would be ashamed to be who you are? If you're Jewish, you're Jewish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the Jewish people, well, if I say I'm Jewish, they're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. So they have a reason to be quiet about it. Um, in this particular case, if Mordecai is not so much quiet about it, but he's asking Esther to be quiet about it, then there's a reason that comes up down the road. And I love that about God. I love that he's always, you know, in this culture, and I guess I'm trying to make that comparison because in our culture today, everybody is all about, I am who I am and don't tell me I can't be who I am. I'm going <laughs> to be proud about it. Mm-hmm. And everybody's got an attitude. Right. And, and so... If you're not, then there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And Esther is being asked to cover up about herself. Mm-hmm. And you would say, well, why are you trying to cover up who you are? You say, well, there's a purpose. There's something beyond us. So did Mordecai know this ahead of time? How did he, what was the thought of even getting her in front of the king? You know what I mean? Because he had to. Everybody was at, everybody. Mm. Well, it, uh, says, it says, I think in chapter two here, um, let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather together all the fair young virgins in Shushan. Man, I wonder palace. how many were there. This is from oh, Ethiopia what? to India. Right. And they gather up every young woman that's beautiful. Wow. And she was chosen. 
And out of all the, can you imagine how many, mm. how many people were in, how many young women were no in kidding. that harem? There had to be hundreds. At least. Hundreds. That's, it that's just. the bachelor. I was going to say, all I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, of course but my mind goes scale. there. I gotta, large scale. I got to be honest. My mind goes to how many women he actually had relations with. Holy moly. Oh yeah. I probably wasn't very. That's it wasn't insane. a small number. I don't think. Yeah. Because every one of them had to go to him and had a yeah, night with him. At some point, you'd think he'd get bored, honestly. I mean, I know a man's a man, but, like, really? Well, I mean, you can look at today's culture and see these people that do the same thing, and they're depressed, and they're suicidal, and it's they're not happy. Yeah. So he might have been, he might not have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, that's just his life, really, right? He's right. probably been doing this his whole life. That's true. I wonder how old he was. Yeah. Who? Uh, the the king. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't, it never says, really. He's yeah. probably like 20, and she's probably like 11 right. or something. Oh, that's like how the back, right. like ages that's in the Bible true. is always there. So there's a verse in here that I wanted to read because chapter two kind of covers all of these ins and outs of getting chosen and what she went through. And every maid had a turn, verse 12, to come into the king after she had spent her 12 months. And thus came every maiden unto the king, which is just mind boggling to me. And this is the verse. Then thus came every maiden unto the king. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women into the king's house. Hmm. So putting it in our vernacular of today, if she wanted to show up in a limousine and dress to the nines mm-hmm. and have a train on her dress that it was a mile long. So she got to have her own flair. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Glasses and hats and red and orange and green, whatever color, makeup. It is a little bit bachelorette-esque. Yeah. Because they kind of do that, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's the general principle that most of these women choose as they go to him. Yeah. And I'm sure there was um, jealousy and competition. Holy moly, yes. Because a lot of these probably wanted to be the queen well yeah i mean it comes with quite a few perks i'm Mm -hmm. sure so this is another in the evening this speaking generally of the women in the evening she went and on the morrow she returned in the second house of the women so she stayed the night Mm -hmm. and she returned to the custody of shaasgaz shaashgaz excuse me in the king's chamberlain which kept the concubines and she came into the king no more. No more. Mm-hmm. That's it. That was it. She had one night, one 24-hour period mm-hmm. to go be with him. One tryout. And whatever yeah. happened. And then she came back, and that was it. Except the king delighted in her and that she was called by name. So if mm. she, the king didn't like her, that was it. You You prepared for a year, and now you spend... Either go back home. I, it doesn't say whether what happened to you. You either yeah. go back home or you're now you're in the harem, hmm. and you had your That's night crazy. and the rest of the life you live in the harem. I don't know. So wild. 
So verse 15, this is the one that catches my eye. Now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So she, you're, you're telling, the Bible is telling us a very key thing about this woman from the very beginning. All these other women are, you know, probably putting themselves together in mm-hmm. the general um, way that their culture would say is the most beautiful way to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you were from France, it would be this. If mm-hmm. you're from America, it would be this. If you're from India, it would be this. Africa, this. And you have all these different kinds of Esther says to Haggai, how should I go? Mm. And he's probably seen everything. Mm-hmm. And I would have to also believe that he actually knows what the king wants mm-hmm. and probably just said, just do this little bit right here. And yeah. He was like white tank top and jeans. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what You'll win him over with your beauty. <laughs> yep. Pure yeah, beauty. yeah. So here, this is the the amazing or thing. God will make it happen. Esther yeah. goes in, and I think she's chosen not just because she's beautiful. She's co- she goes in, and she's chosen because, first of all, she shows she's humble mm-hmm. to let someone else decide it for her. Mm-hmm. And number two, she shows that she's not interested in the flash. Mm-hmm. She's interested in the character. Mm. And I think the character, you talk about, you know, how many women do you have to be with before you get bored? Mm-hmm. What is going to yeah. catch a man's eye at that point? Yeah, something totally different. That's something totally different. Him. I totally get it. <laughs> Not that he'd been with a lot of women. I should have prefaced that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, go back and listen to Melissa's story. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's quite remarkable. Because I'm picturing all these other women, like if it was today, I'm picturing like eyelash extensions, hair oh, extensions, yeah. you know, and she's coming in just fresh faced and natural Simple. and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, jeans and jeans right. and a tank top. Yeah. Just. That's what I am I mean. who I am. Yep. And I don't have to be all this stuff. Lesson for the girls, the contouring, the, all the, the full makeup, all those mm. things. Yeah, they're they're nice on an occasion. There you go. But they're not the definition of femininity. No. And unfortunately, our culture is definitely got it all confused. Well, very much so. Well, and it's ironic. I'm sitting here as part of the beauty industry, but But it's true. Yeah, I never, that, that was always one thought. I never wanted it to be where, like, if my husband saw me in the light of day, he was like, Wait, where'd that girl go that, you know what I mean? That well, was it. Was, it was I'm sorry, date guys, night but last this harkens night. back to another Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> Two-Face. <laughs> he dates a girl and in a certain That's, light. He's right? like, what? Yes. And then in another light, he's, she's gorgeous. <laughs> so anyway. It's anyway. It's possible. I There was, um, I was watching a show. It was like from the 50s, but it was showing the, uh, one of the lead characters she would get up before her husband and like put on the makeup and put on the face and that was the whole thing like back then yeah you didn't let your husband see you you know without makeup Man, and so stressful right man 
women we got it rough yeah don't have to but you do yeah true exactly no. anyway um, go ahead and say more like smart stuff yeah. Keith. <laughs> say smart start smart stuff so she's in the in front of the king yeah, in verse 16, this is chapter 2 also. All the big stuff with her chose, her being chosen is in chapter 2. Um, chapter 1 is the king getting rid of the queen. So verse 16 and 17, So Esther was taken unto the king, into his house royal, in the tenth month, which is the month to Beth in the seventh year of his reign. So Esther, the book of Esther starts in the third year. So four years have gone by since the party mm. and the divorce, and now Esther's being chosen. Wow. So we know that on the third year probably is when they started saying, hey, you need to get a replacement mm -hmm. for the queen. And so then they look, and then it's a year of prep, and now she's chosen. So, Wow. And the king, verse 17, loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the other virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And then we're going to have a party. So they have a big party. Because <laughs> that's what they do. Because mm -hmm. that's what they do. That's how they do. Yeah. It's very important. Verse 20, Esther has not yet showed her kindred nor her people. As Mordecai had charged her, for Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. Mm -hmm. Well, there's an interesting fact about her. Mordecai had fathered her truly in the commandments. She'd learned to obey with him, probably learned that character of femininity from him and how to handle herself. Mm -hmm. And um, in some ways, I think this is a, this is a, this whole book is a compliment to Mordecai. Mm. He had to have known something behind the scenes was happening somehow. But I just think the reason she is who she is is because oh. of how Mordecai raised her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So you kind of say here, this man, good job. As much as it's a, it's an amazing story about an amazing woman. It doesn't happen without Mordecai. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. his training of her should be an inspiration to all parents. Mm-hmm. You know, train your children in the way they would go, and then beautiful, beautiful or not, mm -hmm. in a situation like this, they're ready. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, one of the side stories that's happening around this, which kind of sets up the evil side, um, is there's this man. There's two things. In the very end of chapter 2, this conspiracy takes place, and these two men... We're planning to assassinate the king and they get found out because Mordecai heard about it and he told the authorities and these two men get hanged. Well, in Shushan, everything gets written down on a tablet somewhere hmm. and it put it in a book. And so that's what happens. And it mentions this. It's like in the movies where you, you get these early parts of the show and there's these little, you know, one minute segments of something that you go like, what yeah. is that for? Yeah. And it's just giving you a little piece of information that mm -hmm. you need to know for later. Yeah. So that's what that is. This thing that happens that Mordecai knew about is now in the records of the king. And that's important for later. That happens. And then we got the introduction of Haman in chapter three. Mm. 
And the simple story with Heyman is... He's a jerk. He's a jerk. And he's got an attitude problem. Uh, ego problem. And What's his ego. role to the king? He's like... Uh, well, I don't know if we have something along that line in this country. Like the chief of staff of the White mm. House, maybe? Mm. He's like the main dude. Okay. So uh, he's the one that whispers in his ear all the time. All the time. And the king listens to him all the time. Yeah. And keep in mind... Just because someone's whispering in the king's ear doesn't mean they're smart. Right. He was probably put in that position. Or the king the king oh, might have just did it because one day Haman happened to say something that he liked and mm. oh man, that's the best opinion I've ever yeah. I've heard all day. So mm-hmm. let's make you the yeah. you know, the top dog here. And mm. then you know what, in their country, this is just weird to me. I want you to take this guy and put him in my limousine and drive him around Washington, D.C. and do nothing but say, this is the best guy ever, the best guy ever, the best guy ever, (laughs) and do it all day every day and remind all the people he's the best guy ever and that I said so. They do that? That's what they did. That's the essence of it. Put him in my chariot, put the best clothes on him, and everywhere he goes, blow trumpets and say, this is the king's guy. I'd be here for the trumpets. I love a good trumpet. I'm not I'm not lying. Mordecai ain't having it. So he doesn't bow down. You know, everybody everybody has to bow down uh, to him. Right, mm-hmm. right. Which wouldn't go over in our country either. Right. You want me to bow down to him? Man, right, right. right. But in their country, you bow down or you died. Yeah. So Mordecai refused. Mm-hmm. This is where the explosion happens. Haman didn't like that, so he... He creates this whole plot mm-hmm. with the king because he has a king's ear. He goes to the king, said, I don't like this guy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I don't like this guy. I don't like all his people. And I think you should pass a law that says all these people should be killed. Ooh, you should say a little background on Ham- Haman. Haman. Hey, um, man. <laughs> who's he descended from? Ooh. Yeah. That's a powerful question. And I question. don't even have my notes in front of me. And I remember that. Do you remember the answer? Yes. Um. So King Saul... Battled the. Uh, does it begin with an A? Uh huh. It's not Aztecs. <laughs> <laughs> Different continent. <laughs> Some uh, somethingites, not Abig Abigailites, because that's not a thing. That's a woman. Yep. Uh, You're very close. Though. I know. Amalekites. Amalekites. Oh. I knew it. <laughs> yes. And anyway, stalactites. So he is a descendant of. The Amalekites. And what do we know about the Amalekites? They hated the Jews. Hated the Jews. And so how did he know Mordecai was a Jew? Because he had finally just kind of caught on? or No, I, 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 that's why I, before I was saying I'm not sure if Haman's or with Mordecai's Jewishness was hidden. Right. right. I, I think it might not have been broadcast, but it was, it yeah. was at least known okay. in certain circles. Right. So... Um, the Amalekites were the the group of people that attacked Israel on their way out of Egypt, mm-hmm. and they didn't just attack them; they attacked their back end, where all the old people and the children were. Mm-hmm. And God got very angry with them for that, mm-hmm. because instead of giving them passage through their country, they attack them when they have no army. There's mm-hmm. no training; they're not ready for a war. Period, and they not only attack them. They don't attack their strong, the the men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They go to the back of the wagon train Cowards and take out, take out all the weaklings. 
mm-hmm. all the ones that have no capacity. And if you know anything about God, this is one thing that he hates mm-hmm. more than anything is when you take advantage of the weak. Mm-hmm. And maybe some people have that different opinion of God and, and his treatment of weak people, but I guarantee you one consistent theme in the Bible is that God does not like he has very low tolerance for people who treat the weak and the helpless in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It's the most, probably one of the most evil things you can do in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You can, you can sin a lot of sin in the Bible, but one of the ones that he doesn't let go of very quickly is when you treat weak people wrong, mm-hmm. the powerless, uh, n- no money, no house, strangers in a strange land, Orphans and widows. Orphans and widows, mm-hmm. young children, babies. Mm. You treat those those kinds of human beings uh, wrong, he's going to hold you accountable right. in a much more difficult way than other things. Mm. So Haman's... Came from those evil people. Came from those <laughs> evil people and yes. doesn't realize he's stepping into a very, very dangerous position with God. Mm-hmm. That's what sta- uh, is fat. That's why this whole thing just fascinates me is the <laughs> mm-hmm. the interplay and the things that are done in ignorance that he just is clueless about, mm-hmm. and then Esther is clueless about how powerful she is, mm-hmm. because I think she's like a lot of more like most women. I think she is somewhat insecure, mm-hmm. and I really think most women are walking around as as tough maybe as they come off. They're really insecure because it's a tough world. Yeah. It's a brutal world for women sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be brutal for men too, but... Well, and not to mention the fact that she came from probably not much to basically... An exiled people. Getting the half of whatever he owns. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. That'd be a hard reality. You're right. So to to make the story short, Haman plots this plot and gets the king with some diversions and some kind of half-truths, gets the king to give him his ring and sign this edict Mm -hmm. that all of the people of Israel throughout all the lands of the king can be killed. And it's set up for a particular day. Mm -hmm. It wasn't from that moment they set up a day and it was going to happen on that day and everybody would then be free to go and kill whoever they want to kill yeah like the armies of each region and stuff yeah. would kill the jews in their in their region yeah yeah Tell, so there were letters being sent out all over to these, on yeah. this day coming up all jews are to be eliminated hmm. tell them what's interesting about a king's decree i guess you call that it it was unalterable law just even the king couldn't stop it exactly (laughs) isn't that crazy because again the king the man is smaller than the law yeah Mm. which is an amazing reality to me Mm -hmm. if you pass a law a man that would pass a law he couldn't change what came out of his mouth it was it's crazy. That's how much power was given to his voice when he decreed it. Because here's what happens. If it doesn't happen, then he's not God. Right. Mm. 
And if Good he's point. not then God, then and he if doesn't, he wavers all the time, then nobody will ever then, trust him. Mm-hmm. And, and the nation falters and all these other nations that are under his power start to get the idea that, oh, well, he's, well, he's not very strong now. Mm. Well, let's just do whatever we want to because he's not going to stand up. Mm-hmm. So it was the the courtiers around him, the chamberlains, all these power people around him are constantly pushing him to hold on to that power. Because mm. if that power goes away, they lose everything. Mm. Mm. They talk about signet rings a lot with kings and powerful people. So do you think he melted the stamp into wax or something? Yeah. Must have been. I can or, imagine him with the pinky ring. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was one way to do it with clay too. Mm. They would have clay tablets and they would mark that and then bake it. Oh. So then it was set. Yeah. Couldn't be changed. And the only way that that law could be broken is if they broke the tablet. Like the Ten Commandments. Oh, my gosh. We need to do a book and a season. There's so much Mm -hmm. visual picture in the Bible. If you don't, you know, in a digital world where we're so separated from law. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The law is a digital thing for us. It's somewhere. Right. When they pass a law, we never see it. We right. never see an actual book. We don't see a tablet. We yeah. don't see a paper. That's true. They just say this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, or they're doing it. We don't even know what it is. Like they just passed this whole whatever that law was for equal rights for whoever. Oh. I don't know. And they passed it. <laughs> exactly. You don't right. even know. <laughs> right. I barely even know what to call it because I haven't been paying attention. You mean the like bathroom thing? I think it had to do with like anybody can sexual... You know, identity, yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, and and now notice Melissa staying quiet because Melissa doesn't know. So none of us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't really know. Yeah. All I know is it's well. I mean, I'm happens. not going to go down happens. that road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so politics. Yeah, that's not why we're here. No, we're here for the <laughs> politics of Jesus. There you go. That's what my stance is. <laughs> there you there go. There you go, Keith. <laughs> so where are we? Um, so Hammond has just finished. Wiping off his pinky ring, and the, <laughs> he has made the law. The king, like basically, it's a death sentence for the Jewish people. And that's the end of chapter three, basically. Yeah. So it goes out to all the lands. Verse one of chapter four: When Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes, put on sackcloth with ashes, and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. So. He's mourning. Put yourself in that in that little scenario mm-hmm. for just a few moments. Take yourself to the middle of Los Angeles, California, New York City, Times Square. Put on sackcloth and ashes and yell at the top of your voice. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, he wasn't the only one that knew that the Jews were going to be killed. True. So, like, just imagine being here and them saying every person with this heritage is going to be killed on this date and then the chaos that would come along with that Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely unless it wasn't public knowledge and it was more for like no i had it would it would have been public by Mm -hmm. then certainly mordecai is going to make it public right yeah and look it says in verse two it came even before the king's gate for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth so he can't even go in where Mm. his normal job is and in every province whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came 
there was great mourning hmm. and among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So it'd be like our president coming out and saying on May 4th this year, we're going to just, we're going to kill all the Christians and the Jews. Mm-hmm. I imagine for the next month and a half. Yeah. It would be pretty disastrous in this country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what would you do? <laughs> yeah, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Try to disappear and... Yeah. It'd be a mess. So that's kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so Esther's in the household of the king and her maids, the ones that take care of her and serve her, they hear what's going on with Mordecai. They know she's connected to him, so they come and tell him. And so... He sent. She sends some some stuff like, stop, mm-hmm. stop mourning, mm-hmm. and he says, no, I'm not gonna stop mourning. Oh, it is Hatak. Look at that, verse five. Then <laughs> Esther called for Hatak, one of the king's chamberlains, whom he had appointed to attend under her. So Hatak works for the king, and his job is to look after Esther. Uh, I don't know from what location he's doing that, but. He looks after her, her, mm-hmm. her needs and what she and her communication with him and all that. And um, she tells him to go to Mordecai and have a conversation with him. You know, why are you doing what you're doing? And Mordecai tells him what he's going to do, uh, tells him what Haman's going to do. So Hatak goes back and tells Esther and Esther says in verse 11 all the king's servants and all the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever whether man or woman shall come unto the king oh i went i went a little bit too far yeah i need to back up a verse cuz Mordecai tells to talk something hmm. this is a challenge and all you women out here this is a tough one <laughs> this is a tough one mm-hmm. Mordecai told Hatak of all that happened to him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. And he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them, to show it to Esther and declare unto her to charge her that she should go to the king and make supplication to him and make request before him for her people. So here you have the challenge. This isn't like a request to go to the White House and knock on the front door. Mm -hmm. This is a much different scenario than that. I mean, they have security there. They're going to check you, but they're going to do it with a smile. And (laughs) one of the, this is one of the things I love to explain about this part of the story, because in Shushan architecturally, I've studied the city and the palace itself and the throne room itself. Mm. And it's this is where the movie did not do this service mm. because this room that the king sat in was enormous. I, I don't want to guess at how long and wide, but it had a throne at one end and it was open at that end. And the other 75% of this room in this long rectangle was a colonnade. And a colonnade is mm. columns. Mm-hmm in a grid and literally 60 of them maybe. And they still, they have drawings of this that Mm -hmm. you can see if you go look it up. 
and the columns are maybe four feet apart wow. in this giant grid. And what Was they, that for defense? Yes. Oh. So you would approach the king through these columns, mm-hmm. and sprinkled in and around these columns were his best soldiers. Wow. It's kind of fun. Be a fun game of hide and seek. And that's what they would do. <laughs> you would, you yeah. would never know they were there. Wow. But these guys could see the king and if the king and the king was holding a scepter and so he can see this person right at, before they even enter the colonnade. Mm-hmm. And if he likes them, he doesn't raise his staff. If at any point during the process of them approaching the throne and it's 50 yards mm-hmm. to get there, it's a long walk. If any time he raises his sword, there is a soldier standing right there with bow and arrow, and you don't even know you're dead. <laughs> and you're dead. It's mm-hmm. literally, they, the signal comes up, they see it, done, <laughs> out of there. <laughs> now, Esther knows about this. No one goes to the king un, uninvited. You don't just walk in. Mm. Because this is the head of the entire Persian Empire. Basically the world, right? He is the world. He Mm -hmm. is the god of Persia. Mm -hmm. You don't just walk up to this office. It's a man, but the man represents every ounce of its glory. Mm. So they protected him Mm -hmm. with everything they had, including their architecture. Excuse me. (laughs) We got to have a beep. Black blah. All right. So Esther's Esther's struggle here is true and real. Mm-hmm. She knows it's very, very, very dangerous. However, it's the only chance the Jews have. She doesn't yet see that. Mm. Mordecai knows that's 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 the only chance they have. Yeah. Did he say the famous line yet? Are you at that part? Which famous line is that? The such as time as this. Line. Not yet. Don't oh. get to that one. That's the best, Sorry. best whole best line in the whole Sorry. book. <laughs> this is the. This is why we like Esther, <laughs> for that <laughs> line right there. Right. Uh, let's see. I'll read eleven again. All the king's servants and the people of king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come to the king into the inner court who is not called. There is one law of his to put him to death. You don't knock on the king's door uninvited. Mm. Let's see. Except to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I I have not been called to come unto the king these 30 days. So she's the queen of Persia and hasn't seen him. And not only that, he hasn't even asked for her in 30 days. Wow. What a jerk. Right? He's busy. Well, I know. Mm, yeah. He had a lot of <laughs> no stuff to do. I mean, all the movies just make it look like all they do is sit on a throne all day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how boring. <laughs> so Mordecai uh, is told what Esther says. So Hatak goes back to him and says, blah, blah, blah. This is what Esther said. And Mordecai says to Esther through Hatak, do not think with yourself that you shall escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. In other words, you'll be taken out just like because you're will. Jewish and they'll figure it out because mm-hmm. they know I am mm-hmm. and they'll work it out mm-hmm. and you're not going to be saved just because you're the queen. 
right. they will kill you. Mm. For if you altogether hold your peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I like the, the part before the such a time as this. That if she chooses not to be a part of this, God's still going to save them. He's just going to use somebody. He, somebody else gets to partner with God. Mm. And I really love that and really resonate with that because so often um our friend of the show hannah nitz she talks about being god's quarterback but so often in christianity we act as if god needs us to do the thing mm. but really she talks about how we're more like a jockey where we're riding the horse we're just yeah. along for the ride and that's what it is like god's gonna he's gonna complete his purposes mm. and you just get to be a part of it or you don't yeah. And so I love that. I love that even more than the such a time as this, because you don't have to, Esther. You'll find somebody else to do it. But if you do, like, it's going to be worth it. Well, I mm -hmm. think the other side of it too is it's couched. The way he says it is, it's not not only is God going to use somebody else if you don't choose to do it, but your choice will cost you and your extended family mm -hmm. your line will die mm -hmm. there will be no more esther and her family line going down through time mm -hmm. that was a big deal right back then mm -hmm. everything counted on you having children and yeah. the name continuing and he's basically saying there will be no continuation of your name mm -hmm. i don't know if has anybody out there ever had god speak to you that way if you don't make this decision your entire line will cease I've never had that. Said I've never to me. had anybody say that. <laughs> that's that's a that's a heavy deal mm -hmm. to be told that. So they bring this back to Esther, and Esther says, "This go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me. Don't eat or drink three days, night or day." I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I die, I die. Hmm. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. So they fast and pray for three days. I This just blows me away. Uh, she's convinced that that little rebuke from Mordecai got her attention mm -hmm. and she's brave enough to say this is where i think she's this was caught my eye this time Rita. i hadn't seen this part before is she shows me something completely different than the king of persia because a man is telling her what to do yeah just like the king is told what to do mm -hmm. but she doesn't say well that's what i'll do what does she say? I'm going to go into God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this challenge to go and, and pray mm -hmm. and make sure that I'm hearing from him. And then I'll go do what you're going to do, what you asked me to do. And I like the fact that she uses a little bit of her, the power that she does have. Or maybe she's growing a little bit of um, confidence confidence, and telling Mordecai, okay, well, then you do this for me and I'll do this too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then we'll make sure, then we'll know that it's God. 
Yeah. If I live, then it's God. And mm-hmm. if I die, then it's God. Yeah. Right. Like uh, our friends uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. And good old Daniel. I yeah. think it's Abednego, isn't it? You know, it's <laughs> Enoch ago. <laughs> that's good i like uh, that yeah we just there's a new character in the bible <laughs> yeah, we, he will be our next hey, story have you ever he's in the book of hezekiah <laughs> when we say characters like i know what you know you what i mean to say, though? i don't know i know i've always struggled with they that are real people because they're real it makes people, it sound like it they but aren't it real makes stories it sound, and then you hear people i mean i've heard people i've heard christians i'm, I'm using quotations but i've heard other christians say oh that that's just a allegory or whatever the heck you know that some of these didn't oh, see, really that's happen, crazy which i don't agree with but yeah. um yeah no i feel like when i say character i'm like i think it's just easier to say that right even though we know it's true yeah anyway so, so what should we call them does people so just we have people. a new person in the bible okay okay Name i like that enoch 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 ago <laughs> In Nakago. In Nakago. <laughs> That's what we're going to name this, yeah. po- this podcast. Oh. <laughs> this podcast. Oh, Enoch and his friend Esther. Yeah. <laughs> or Enoch Esther and her eunuch. friend and her friend Enoch. Uh, yeah. Enoch, e- Enoch the eunuch. <laughs> uh, anyway. Gee. Oh, boy. Now so. that we've bored you to death with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> now we're going to pause for a comedy uh break while we all break now down laughing. We, now that we bored you to death. <laughs> I think it's Keith's thing now. He said he was bored. Is that my is that my it's one? Oh. <laughs> no, I think that's funny though that that's you're like hysterical. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! So, so right. to make a long story short, right. <laughs> yeah, Esther saves the day. The end. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I don't want to focus on all the stuff with Haman because I just don't like talking about that guy too much. Uh, he's a nasty man and he does nasty things and. He's conniving, and he's got a wife that's conniving. And, and friends. And friends that are conniving, and they're wicked and nasty and disgusting. I think it's hysterical that he was like, I'm going to have the king. What was Oh, wait. All the light. You go ahead to your next part, because I don't want to mess up. How, you know it, how, the table how it gets proceeds, flipped. yeah. Yeah, on him. Yeah, basically, you know, he. This is this is the epitome of a sociopath. Yes. If you've ever met a sociopath, their entire existence in is consumed with their own soul. Yeah. There is no other human being on Everyone's the planet. Everyone's there to serve them. Yes. They don't there to give them, there to do for them. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. Um this is this man's a sociopath completely. Mm-hmm. So all his decisions are based on him and how it feels for him and what's happening to him and whether it works for him, doesn't work for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. He's in misery when it doesn't work for him, and then he's elated when it does work for him, and then mm-hmm. he's back to in misery because it's not working, mm-hmm. and is an emotional it's nightmare. Like a toddler, yeah, yeah, just a child. Yeah. Yes, a spoiled brat of a child. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is that has been trained to believe that everything swirls around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So the conniving is that he's trying to he's he's gotten this thing to to destroy the Jews because he's jealous. He hates Mordecai because Mordecai won't acknowledge him as being royal. Mm-hmm. And that's the fight. Mordecai won't acknowledge him. Mm-hmm. And so he's in constant turmoil because Mordecai still won't tolerate him. Mordecai won't bend his ear. He won't bend his knee. He won't acknowledge Haman has anything to of any value. Mm-hmm. Uh, why that is, I guess Mordecai just knew him. Mm-hmm. And he's an evil man, and I'm not giving him anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he just bows to his god. Yeah, and maybe the king, probably the king, and maybe the king. Yeah, and that's about it. Yeah. So as that's happening, Mordecai, or and this is the the interesting thing about this story is you never really get a sense of how Esther comes up with her plan. She just has the plan, and then she tells. Haman and the king, right. how it's going to go down. Yeah, she asks for dinner. And you don't get a lead up to this right. idea that Esther has this tactical wisdom. Yeah, because the king says, go ahead and ask for whatever you want. And instead of coming right out with it, she's like, well, let's let me She does dinner. it in such a subtle... Yes. Um, int- Why does she do it that way, do you think? Rather than telling him right away. Because I, I think... I, warm him up? You know... It's tactical. Well... Mm-hmm. I've heard it said, and, and, and I believe this, uh, the way to a man's heart is to his stomach. Mm. That's how I bagged Tim partially, I believe. <laughs> I made him cakes, pies, always cooking. So I do think, honest, if I'm being honest, I think there's a part, I make him a good meal, you know, and, and there is this whole nature of a woman that <clears throat> there's a, a lady, I love to read her stuff. Her name's Allison Armstrong, and she studied the behavior of men. And she talks about how a man, she, women get annoyed. So a woman that gets annoyed, um, say her husband's working on the car or whatever. He just wants her to come sit. Or even a son is mm. playing video games, just wants mom there. It's scientifically proven that a content woman in a man's presence literally gives him energy and literally fills him up. So a woman, if she's just standing rightfully in mm. her femininity, is enough a content a content woman because there's also a verse in the bible about it's better to live on a roof than with a nagging one yes very true so women have so much power but they get confused about what it is and i think she's a woman that knows her power and so as simple as it may be a good meal and a content woman it's the truth and i think she knows that so i that's what i would in my scholarly opinion that's what i think's going down i think that's a that's a valid Mm-hmm. Point showing him that she loves him, maybe. Yeah, taking care of him, taking and taking and care who of wouldn't want to be invited to a dinner with the queen, right? You know? And so, the subtleties of that tactical choice, coupled with her, f- what you just said, which mm-hmm. I think is, well, <laughs> I was going to use a funny word, <laughs> which is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, though. When Heather's gone for the weekend, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So I, I think it, it just... She, this this woman, I, I would love to meet her. Mm-hmm. I'd love to just watch how she operated. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was getting counseled by anybody. I kind of think that in the three days of fasting, yeah. right. she was praying mm-hmm. what do i do yeah mm-hmm. 
how do I, how do I undo this? Mm -hmm. And this plan, whether it came, you know, thus saith the Lord, Mm -hmm. or he just brought inspiration to her thoughts. Either way, the, the level of intelligence to pull this off is just so amazing to Mm -hmm. me. Not that a woman has intelligence and that's amazing. It just, it just shows me God chose the right person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because she saw it. I wouldn't have seen how to do that. Mm -hmm. And and she doesn't even throw, she not only doesn't throw it in front of the king right away. Well, let's have this dinner and then I'm going to, she doesn't say why initially. And then they have this, the first dinner. Well, why did you call us here? Oh, uh, let's have another dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell you what I want. Mm. So she's like playing with Haman now. Mm -hmm. She's working him. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have a clue. He's all about himself. It wouldn't occur to him that anybody would be against him. Mm. That the king, that the king's wife would be against him. I'm being invited to the best dinner in town. The only one there. Look what he says to his wife. His wife is just fawning all over him. Oh, you got to sit with the queen. My husband's been with the queen. <laughs> you right. know, she's working the whole deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's, you know, the final dinner. Mm-hmm. And has it happened yet where um, has the king, the king couldn't sleep. And then he asked, he asked mm. Hammond what he should do for the, that was between the first dinner okay. and the second dinner. Yeah, when he had the log read, which when you were talking about in the beginning, yeah. like why is there this little part he about Mordecai s- saving the king and telling that? Yeah, yeah, that that one cracks me up too. He can't sleep, so he gets out the log. I know, like, <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, like I, I'm gonna go I mean, read. I guess we pull our phone out. He's just uh, reading the news. So is that what right. that is? Must be. That's true. I didn't think of it that way. What did I do in the last year? <laughs> I can't remember anything because yeah. I'm drunk all the time. <laughs> That's His story is the story of an alcoholic. Right? Yeah. Probably a drug addict. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's reading that book and remembers. Yes. And then, and, but doesn't know who Mordecai is. He just knows he wants to do know, something super nice for him. And here's the thing. Doesn't know that Mordecai is connected to Esther. Right. So... He's asking Haman, hey, Haman, you're my guy. What should be done for the guy who, you know. The best guy in the whole world. This guy, if if you knew this guy had unearthed this thing and it happened and he protected the king, what should be done for that guy who's the best friend of the king? Oh, that's me. I know, that's me. I mean, can we just call him an idiot at this point? Because it doesn't, again, (laughs) occur to him that it could be anybody but him. Yeah, not at all. (laughs) Sociopath. Sociopath, completely. Yeah. To make that kind of assumption is just mm-hmm. beyond my brain. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So he, man, he he gives the king the the real deal. Oh well, he should get this and that and the, the royal treatment galore. The king says, oh, "I think that's the right thing to do," because <laughs> that's all the king does is just right. take everybody's advice. And so now he says to Haman, "Now go do this for Mordecai." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And this sets in motion the next choice for Haman because he has to go do it. Mm-hmm. So now he gets the embarrassment of having to lead around the man that he hates the most mm-hmm. who won't bow down to him. He now has to bow down to Mordecai and take him around the city going, hey, this is the best guy the king knows. 
And it's just like the gladiator kind of. Yeah, it's just insane. The mm-hmm. movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So he gets done with that. He goes home to his wife and he's complaining to his wife and to his friends. And, oh, this whole thing. just Mordecai is my enemy. They're all like, I'm tired of hearing your crap shit. Well, guess what they say to him? Well, you should just go build a gallows and hang him. A really, really tall one. A really tall one. Yeah. Or cubits, 50 cubits. It's yeah. a cubit, 18 inches. Yeah, you're an adult male, fingertip to elbow. Right, so it'd be 75 feet Yeah, tall. tall. So everybody could see from a long way. 75, how tall is 75 feet? Yeah, that's super tall. How big is a football field in feet? 300. It's 100 yards. Okay. Three feet per yard. Okay. 75 feet is like a six to seven story building okay yeah so it'd be high enough for people from all over to see this guy yeah 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 your average hospital is 10 stories okay so yeah (laughs) this gallows is no small thing a water tower yeah oh okay 75 to to 100 Mm -hmm. feet yeah yeah it's everybody's gonna see it yeah and there's gonna be a guy hanging on it yeah somewhere somehow so he builds the gallows and then he shows up to second dinner and they eat the dinner and everybody's having fun. And then the king says, so why'd you call us here? What is it the thing you want? Well, then she lays it out on him. Said, this is what I want. My people. She finally reveals that her people are the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And I have to believe at that moment, Haman knew he was going to be hanging on that gallows. <laughs> Because he mm-hmm. had made an edict that was going to kill her. Her. Mm-hmm. And she'd done it wisely. Because she went, she actually approaches the king, and the king doesn't raise the scepter, so she's not killed. Mm-hmm. The king says, I'll give you whatever you want. What do you want? Up to Come to a dinner, kingdom. and then I'll tell you what I want. Well, tell me what you want at the first dinner. Well, I'll come to a second dinner, and I'll tell you what. So the king is, he's chomping at the bit to find out what's on his wife's mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then finally finds out, that he got set up and now he's on the hook to kill all of her people and her Mm. with this guy. So he can't, this is the the great thing about the story. Haman obviously gets destroyed and his whole house, they're all killed. And this is not the great part of the story, but Mm. he's hanging on the gallows, but the decision that comes after this, the king, like we were mm-hmm. talking before, he can't change that law. Right. So what do you do? So he publishes another law. And he says, all Jews are given freedom to fight. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. crazy. If you're yeah. attacked, you can kill and it will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, okay. That's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have this woman who I believe, because of that event, made herself absolutely, uh, what's the right word, valuable to the king, beyond just being a woman in the harem that mm-hmm. she can he can parade around in a crown naked in front of all the leaders. Mm-hmm. She has become someone that has won his trust mm-hmm. and become someone that sits next to him and helps make decisions with him. And that's why Ezra and Nehemiah happen. Mm-hmm. And you need Esther to understand that you God is going to position people of wisdom 
with the rulers of the world mm -hmm. to serve his purpose. Amen. Yeah. That works for today. And too. here's for all you young women and women that don't think they have anything to offer. He used a woman. Mm-hmm. He didn't use Probably a man. Probably a young woman. A young woman. Mm -hmm. She had to be 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, people. This is one of the things that I just. I'll close with this one because it really bothers me in our culture today that that women that people assume something about Christianity. They they call Christianity a patriarchy or something like that, and mm -hmm. God's just a hater of women. And I can tell you, you have not read the Bible if you say that. Mm. If you think that that's the God of the Bible, you have not read the Bible. That's true. He has a completely different opinion of women. They they are amazing. There are amazing stories of women in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Some of the most important women in the Bible are key to the history, the whole history of Israel. Bathsheba. Here is a woman with not necessarily great morals who conspire who has a relationship with David and God decides to use her to have a child named Solomon hmm. and Solomon becomes one of the greatest kings in the history of Israel hmm. she is the one that helps David that's part of the lineage of Jesus mm -hmm. and don't forget Rahab also there's so many you want a you want a story of brokenness in the Bible. Women have broken stories, and God uses those women to be the progenitors of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, why would Jesus have that kind of person in the history? Because that's how it, that's God's story. Because that's humans. Because that's because we're all broken. That's all these stories. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love her story. I hope you get excited about Purim next year. It's yeah. not it's not an Old Testament festival. It's not I don't mean to offend Jewish people by saying this. It's not just the Jewish celebration. It's the Bible's celebration. Mm -hmm. The Bible celebrates this woman. Why don't we Christians celebrate? Why don't we remember? We could certainly stand in the Christian realm to remember World War II. Mm -hmm. And World War II was another Haman. Right. Been plenty of Hamans in the last 2,000 years. Right. And I'm sure we're not going to see, we haven't seen the last of them. We're going to see another one soon, I have a feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for being here, Esther. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot fun. of stories we can do. Yeah. Hey, if anybody out there wants us to do a story on a person in the Bible, let us know. Send us a message. Yeah. Maybe we'll On do Instagram a story of, of Enoch next time. <laughs> Enoch the eunuch. Let's do sto a story of a eunuch. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be really interesting. <laughs> the life of a eunuch. Oh, <laughs> All right. We out. <laughs>this has been recreated podcast and we really appreciate you being on uh on the show with us and paying attention and listen if you want more information we have a website www.recreated.life 
L-I-F-E at the end. And you can go there and we have other podcasts available. We would certainly love to hear from you. There's an email contact form thing. <laughs> you can fill out a your... Or email us at friends at recreated.life. Or that yeah. right there. Yeah. So uh, Recreated is all about uh, your story, our story, everybody's story that uh, meets Jesus and walks and suffers and learns what it's like to uh, receive his mercy for their life. Yeah, so if you have a story, we'd love to hear it. Please contact us. And until next time, next week, I think, mm-hmm. uh, have a good week. Yep. And don't forget Jesus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>